0: Hey, Jenny, what's so great about beer? Beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to Beer Talk Radio, the only craft beer podcast in the business section. I am your host, Jenny the Greek, the queen of beers, la reina de cerveza, the calisi of craft, the bourdain of brews, the cardi B of ABV, pourer of pilsners and lover of local dives. Make sure to visit the Beer Talk Radio website at www.beertalkradio.net. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please send me an email, jenny at beertalkradio.net. And if you're a fan, you can be on the show as well. Just click the link in my show notes, leave me a voicemail, and I'll put you on the following episode. Let's drink. Today's a special day for me. I kind of feel like it's it's a birthday or a holiday because I have finally, after months and months and months, connected with... Mr. Rob, who is the co-founder of East Brother Beer Company, um, I'm so happy we're out here today. He brought me out to the tap room and the brewery, and it's gorgeous outside. We're in Richmond. Rob was just telling me about all the wildlife and whatnot that comes out here to hang out outside the little brewery. So, tell us about that.
1: We'll jump right into the wildlife. I yeah. Have to. yeah, it's it's amazing. We're in this. Uh, we're in this kind of hidden place in richmond we're out in the in the old shipyards so it's it's got incredible richmond has an incredible industrial history this location where we are is where the dormitories housed the shipbuilders in world war ii where they built 750 ships like half a mile from here pretty amazing um and it's a place that not a whole lot of people come to. Now more people come because there's a brewery. And actually down the street, there's a winery and a cidery as well. Wow. Um, there's a couple of breweries in Richmond now. Um, but, yeah, this location, it's it's out of the way. We're in a big warehouse. We're up against, a be- we're looking at it, a beautiful hillside. Uh, it's Miller Knox Regional Park. There's turkeys. There's frogs. There's all kinds of, there's feral cats running around. Sometimes they come, they hang out at the brewery. They become our brewery cat. And then they move along. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's a it's a little hidden gem we have back here. We didn't think the tap room primarily a production brewery, but the tap room is very important as well and, and it's become bigger than we thought it would. It's bigger. I think our uh, the reception we've gotten from the city of Richmond and the people have been amazing and we've it's been bigger than we thought it would be, really. So we're very, you know, happy about that.
0: I just did a walkthrough and Just like the branding of your beer, I'd say less is more. Everything's very clean. You're not overdoing it with the weird artwork, okay, that some of these tap rooms and some of these uh, craft beer bars are doing. You're not making it too pretentious with too much, like, brick and, you know, just going crazy with, like, the loft-style, New York-style type bullshit. And it's just very honest, just like your cans. They're super honest. And let me tell you the story of how I became a fan. Do you mind? Not at all. So I'm in Cask, which is, uh, I used to work at one market on Embarcadero. So I used to go into Cask and I love that place because they don't have, they have a lot of product at the location in the Embarcadero or like a block down, but they don't have that much product that you feel like you're in BevMo and it's overwhelming sometimes. I found your pilsner through cask. And let me tell you, as the princess of pilsners, like I am a pilsner connoisseur, I cannot believe how good yours is. It's so hard for me to find top-notch pilsners. As many people who make them, every every brewery has a pils, and as many people who make them, uh, yours is one of the best I've ever had. So thank you for putting that out. And you had a word about that pilsner, little Little uh,
1: recognition that you got. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for those words. And that's, you know, that it was hard to make that decision. We we actually didn't think the pilsners the the we make a red lager as well a Vienna lager. We didn't think the lagers would be as popular as they are, and it's actually been tough because as you know they take a lot longer. They require a lot more fermenters, a lot of fermentation capacity. So we had to spend more money than we thought we would. But we really feel like it's. Um, it fits very well into a. Uh, uh, it's it's. We feel it's a well-rounded portfolio because we have ales as well, yes, of course. We um, but yeah, the pilsner at the California Craft Brewers Cup in Long Beach uh, about two or three weeks ago won a gold medal in the Bohemian Pilsner category. <laughs> Thank you. It was it, it was it felt really good. You know, like we work super hard to, to make the best beer we can, and, and to get that kind of recognition was um, was huge. Really, honestly, <laughs> you know, um, and it's humbling and everything else. Um, but. Yeah, we're, we're, we're very happy.
0: I'm definitely equally as happy with pretty much all of your selection. I've tried about three or four of them. Give us your product line, and then after that, can you tell us what are your best sellers, like your top three, like the ones that keep the lights on, the ones that everybody should know about if they don't already know, the ones that we need to be asking for at tap rooms and bars.
1: Go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll answer the second question first. The okay. the Pilsner is the bestseller, which is which is awesome. Like I love that, you know. And it's it's a I mean everyone's got their own approach uh, in brewing. As we know, there's like I, I just read it the other day, maybe yesterday. Ten years ago, there was fifteen hundred breweries. Um, if you go back to the eighties, I think there was like a hundred breweries. Like it was crazy how few there were, and now there's what. Over seven thousand, so there's five times as many as there were ten years ago, um, and that's it's 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 a beautiful time to be a beer drinker, right? There's something for everybody, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's the fruited sours and the hazies, and the pastry stouts, and um, I love all those. Those, those are great. Um, what we what we were brewing, you know, in the many years leading up to this, over and over again, were classic styles. So, kind of a the phrase that we. Kind of hung our hat on at least internally was like return to classic styles, um, because of their, there's a lot of experimentation innovation. Um, we felt like there's there's room, particularly given global consumption of beer is mostly lagers, right? there's a beer in china called snow which sells more than budweiser you know like <laughs> of course there's a lot of people in china a lot of people drink a beer um but in the in you know the the totality of beer consumed in the world is lagers um there's a big market for that and we love them and famously brewers love them too right like you know a lot of times you brewers are making their money as you say keeping the lights on with with uh you know maybe a hazy ipa or, or a, a series of them but then You know, on their off time, the brewers are drinking, drinking lagers. Um, We love it when we love it when people are drinking our lagers. You can put a chef to the true test
0: when you tell them, okay, just give me some mashed potatoes. Give me a perfectly grilled filet mignon, perfectly seasoned filet mignon, mark it correctly and make a demi-glaze. And then that will tell me everything I need to know about you. You know what I mean? Real chefs are not fucking around with little gastronomy. I keep forgetting how to say it. Like um, molecular gastronomy or whatever it is that, that's like the trend with like these powders and these little caviar bubbles with these made with these syringes. Like we don't need to see all that. You made a joke earlier and I was... I was okay, so let me give you context. I was telling Rob about how much I appreciate the simplicity and the be- the readability of the cans because nowadays when I go into a, like a craft beer store or a craft beer market or whatever it may be I'm in there for hours like looking at every single <laughs> every single fucking can every single fucking weird picture every single can with like a cartoon character on it who or you know some sort of like Uh, mascot for it and it's just where are the words like I need to fucking be able to read what it is but um, I was talking about that and then your friend made a joke that going to a craft beer store is like Uh, it's like an acid
1: trip Yeah, it's funny, I and mean, a lot of times those those cans and those package designs are beautiful on their own, mm-hmm, but they, they tend are. to get they tend to get they can get you know lost in a sea of, of uh, of craziness. So yeah, we, we like simplicity. So uh, to answer your other questions, what what are so we have five core beers. Okay, they are. We have a we have a Pills. We have a Vienna Lager. We call it Red Lager. Um, we don't really name our beers. We kind of just say what they are pretty yes, much, pretty much. thank pretty much. you, thank um, you. <laughs> well, it's all, p- it's all part of the approach, right? It's all, we're trying to, trying to stay simple. So Bo so Pills, Vienna Lager, um, Red Lager, we have an Oatmeal Stout, and then we have two IPAs. We have um, what we call a Gold IPA, and that's a kind of a classic West Coast IPA, you know, big punch, um, higher in alcohol. Uh, and then we have a Red IPA, a um, little more malty, malt-forward IPA. You, c- al- you could almost call it an Amber Ale, but it's pretty hoppy. It's got some some beautiful um, uh, mosaic in it uh, that gives it that, you know, kind of stone fruit aroma to it and, and flavor. So that's the core beers. And those are the only five we do over and over and over. Those we distribute, you know, in kegs and cans in the market, restaurants, bars, bottle shops, liquor stores. So w- this is our third year being open, actually. The first year we were open, actually the first year we just did those five beers. The second year we introduced a lager series. Because we figured, hey, people are liking our loggers, let's kind of double down on that. And we do uh, four of those throughout the year, so one each quarter. The third year, which is this year, we've introduced what we call a freighter series. So we're near the port. There's freighters that come and go. We said, let's do big, bold ales. We'll call those the freighters. So we've got four of those. So the um, going back to the logger, we started with a Baltic porter. Most porters are ales, but the Baltic porter um, is, a, is actually a logger. It's lagered um, over a longer period of time. We have a Mybach pre prohibition lager and oh then my God <laughs> I need to taste that. I think we so I think that's not on tap anymore, but we might have some cans of it so I can Yeah. And then uh, the fourth one of those is a fest beer. The fest beer just came out. Um that's that's and that's been of course very popular this time of year. You put a any kind of fest beer out if it's, you know, halfway drinkable people will people will buy it. I want that. I want we'll that. Go we'll get we'll it. We'll line you <laughs> up with those. I'd uh, like two please. <laughs> And then the Freighter series, we started with a double IPA. Um, we did a Belgian Tripel, uh, Imperial Stout, an English Strong, English Strong Ale. Yeah. So those. Are, so we basically have eight beers that are series that we do once a quarter, and then we have five cores, and then a couple of taproom exclusives. We do a saison in the taproom, and we do an, uh, an ESB that we call an English Pale because we figured ESB is a little confusing. So English Pale, and that's pretty much it.
0: Any crazy beer stories that you can legally (laughs) tell to us? If there's like anything, uh, any funny accidents ever happen in the tap room? Any any funny excuses from employees? Like anything you can
1: share? Boy, uh, (laughs) there's so there's so many things that happen on a day to day basis. (laughs) Just Um,
0: like just just one crazy thing that could go wrong.
1: Oh man, let let me tell you. running running this is something you don't know when you plan a brewery it's a manufacturing facility i mean you know it's a manufacturing facility but you don't realize first of all how capital intensive it is how much stuff you're gonna have to buy and how much stuff is gonna break earlier this year this is kind of gross actually but it's but it happened i want to hear it (laughs) earlier this year several times um the the plumbing would back up and like the whole thing in the in the brewery like the bathrooms and the the kitchen and the brew house and, and everything. That's what it was. It was shit. <laughs> and, and so we had to close the taproom. Fortunately, it happened like, you know, on a Sunday at 5 o'clock. We were only going to be open a few hours more anyway. But like, oh, crap, what's happening? So, you know, you get Literally the plumber. Yeah. Right. You get the plumbers and the snakes and the video snakes and everything. And it kept happening over a period of time. And it turns out our plumbing was like not properly installed when we first built the place and so you know the pipes weren't connected and uh, it happened about 4 times and it was just gross and 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 very expensive to fix it was very it was a very painful painful experience so um, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry maybe I shouldn't have brought it no, up no it's 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 all good it's part of the it's part of the process <laughs> you know of, yeah you have those unanticipated things
0: and it's those unanticipated things that kill a lot of businesses very quickly I see it happen over and over again in my industry. You know, a lot of things can be recouped, but sometimes those can just knock a small business off of their socks and that's why it's important to to have experienced people who know how to problem solve in leadership, you know? And I try to talk about that a lot in in my podcast. So, speaking of experienced leaders, I am curious what was your gaming background? like? I need the scoop here. How did we go from Sega to East Bay?
1: Uh, it's actually not really that interesting. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was in the corporate world for a number of years. I, I was at Sega most of my career probably. I did a bunch of things there, market research, licensing, business development, mostly on the business side. <clears throat> um, I don't know, I just fell into the video games industry and was in it for a long time. It's a fun industry to work in. It's, kind, it's almost like beer where you have mm-hmm. You have artists that are creating something that you know they are very passionate about that the consumers of that product are really passionate about and very vocal about there's It's funny now that I think about it there's a lot of parallels between the two industries i was fi- I always want to work in 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 businesses that w- there's a product that I liked and and that was fun and that kind of i felt was was cool I mean video games you know they've had their their issues in terms of violence and uh, you know misogyny frankly f- and 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 other uh, things that that um, industry and the culture have been um, have experienced, and they've tried to improve themselves. But yeah, so I I was doing that for a number of years. I worked in the nonprofit sector for a little while for a, a nonprofit called Common Sense Media that does um, basically um, media literacy for kids, learning how to behave online, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, what? all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: Wait, there's people who do that? Oh my god. Well, I mean I don't know these things. I don't know these things. I didn't know I didn't know it was was that serious. You know but I guess it is.
1: Well, I mean on you know cyberbullying and things like that, right? With with the proliferation of platforms online for people to communicate with each other, you know, there's good behavior, but as we know, there's bad behavior as well, and that bad behavior, especially cyberbullying with kids can be magnified to an incredible degree. You know, it used to be just like on the playground and now it's like it's way more people that get involved and it can be that much more hurtful and and, and difficult for the s- certainly the victims right the kids that are going through it so um this organization i was working for i, w- I was there a few years um i felt that i felt i was, it was like that was kind of the opposite side of the video games right it was like it was like helping people work through wow, things so dude, so, so heavy. yeah it was but again it was like working with a lot of really passionate people and smart people and um i learned a ton and hopefully i was you know taking all that experience building it up towards uh building this business here so the way i got into this was uh, my close friend chris coomber who is the brewing side of the business i'm the business side of the business he, we lived on the same street for years our we had the kids that are the same age they pretty much grew up together riding scooters around the block and just having fun together um, and and so we knew each other for years chris started home brewing. And he's the kind of guy who um, who does, picks one thing and goes super deep and just becomes just an absolute master at what it is. You know, he watches 100 YouTube videos and reads 20 books. And, and, Damn, he's got and it. yeah, and so he was brewing as opposed to, you know, a lot of home brewers will do um, only ales because they're, Um, easier probably they take less time you can do a lot of experimentation chris would say let's brew that vienna lager again for the 76th time (laughs) you know and uh and it just got really good i think it started good but it got even better so at one point we just you know we decided we had been talking for years about working together in some capacity we couldn't figure out what it was going to be and then it just became clear like okay he's brewing making great beer i'm the guy who shows up the (laughs) most frequently you know When there's a guy who wakes
0: up in the morning,
1: yeah, yeah, like every you know, when you're home brewing, you got your friends show up, but I was the one who was there like all the time, you know, and uh, it became clear that this was something that we we thought there was a, a, a good business to be had, and here we are in Richmond, and we're like incredibly happy to be here.
0: That's so beautiful, that's so inspiring. No, no, it is, it is. You got me thirsty, I think we should probably pause this, move inside. I'll get some water so I can palate cleanse between uh, beers and stuff, but I need to taste some of those, uh, what did you call them, heavy hitters? Yeah, freighter. Freighters. <laughs> I need to taste some of those freighters. So your name was Gabe, and you do what here?
2: I work, I'm a taproom server. Yeah, so I work at um, the taproom server at, at East Brother Beer, so. What do you love about your job? Just uh, the culture. You get to meet really cool people. Um, besides they get really good craft beer, so it gets a nice social aspect and atmosphere and environment, um, new ideas and just community and networking. So,
0: Did you grow up in Richmond?
2: I'm actually from Penol, born and raised, but I've hung out in Richmond a lot and Point Richmond, so I used to go to the plunge and do swim lessons. So, yeah.
0: What did you think when you heard about this place opening? Were you already a, a fan of the liquid, or did you just apply for a job and ended up loving it?
2: So this was actually the first, uh, I guess you could say, craft brewery I went to when I turned 21. Um, I turned 21 last year, so.
0: You're only 21? With that with that beard? Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I got introduced to this place for some friends. I worked at a coffee shop before. Um, they got me a growler, actually, of an English pail here, and I tried it, and I was like, this is great. So I checked out the brewery, fell in love with it, and then I told my friends one day, like, wouldn't it be cool to work here? And then I applied, and then here I am now.
0: That's a fun story. Well, cheers, Gabe. oh my god this smells so good rob your rob the thing is your beers they're so fucking rich like they're so full-bodied and nothing that i've had has ever been watery even even your pills is not fucking watery you know what i mean and a lot of breweries continue to make that mistake with the pilsner um i i don't mind a watery ass Kolsch, but please don't give me a watery pilsner you know what i mean And this is amazing. The color is gorgeous. Do you want to share with everyone? Your beer just totally permeates the mouth. Like, every single one of them I try.
1: Like, would you agree, Gabe?
2: Oh, yeah. Everything here is delicious.
1: Yeah, one of our, thank you very much. Um, One of our criteria has always been, like, drinkability. That sort of voice in the back of your head that says, I want another sip. A lot of times I've found I'll take a sip or two of a beer and it's, you know, it's interesting, It's it might be rich and have all sorts of different complexities or flavors, but then it's like too much. It's either too much or not enough, and, and hops are there to balance the malt sweetness. It's, it's a pretty simple calculation you want to balance, and balanced beers, that's what we always strive for. So when you have that little voice in the back of your head saying, take another sip, that's, to me, that's like, that's success. And the red lager, that's one of the ones we've been brewing for the longest time. That took a long time to get right. <clears throat> And it's a beautiful style, you know, it's it's light and crisp, but it does, as you say, it's got body, it's got character to it, it's great with food. It's really good with food. Uh, yeah. We found that um, a lot of the accounts that buy that from us are restaurants. The other thing about Vienna Lager, it's not a super common style. You know, you can have some light lagers, then you get quickly into the IPAs and stouts and things, and, and, and oftentimes a bar or restaurant will be like, oh, you know, I've got 800 IPAs. I like your IPAs, but I don't need any more. But that red lager, that fits really perfectly. So it fit. It fills a niche.
0: Your beer is addictive. <laughs> There's no doubt of that. I love, I love that caramel tone to it. It is a deep, deep, beautiful, perfect teddy bear brown. It's just gorgeous. It looks even better in the light. It almost looks like Coca-Cola, just a little bit. Like, that's how pretty the color is. And it... It is full-bodied. It's it rinses down really clean, even though it like like I said, it permeates the mouth and just the fucking oh yeah, the maltiness of this. Oh my god, yeah, it's it's like drinking uh, an americana, but not e- but just not on that level. But it gives me the same sensation. Does it taste like americana? But it it gives me the satisfaction of drinking an americana. You know what I mean? It's just that, mm, just what you need. It does taste very European. Have you won any awards for
2: this one? Well, you're gonna,
0: for sure. <laughs> hopefully. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> you will. You said it was a four point six beer. Are you shitting me? It it, it tastes like a six point five. Like it gives me, it gives me that hit. Like I just woke the fuck up, <laughs> like an Americana.
1: That's the beauty of the beers. you can have a couple pints and walk away and you would be fine. That was something also that was very important to us in having kind of a well-rounded portfolio, having a number of selections, a number of options for people that were lower in alcohol. We do have higher alcohol beers, and like the Freighter series, which you'll, you'll taste in a little bit, that gets up into like seven, eight percent. In fact, the next one we're going to do is a Russian Imperial Stout, and it's going to be about ten. We're not going to serve that in a pint. We're going to only, you know, in the tap room we're only going to serve halves, because. We're trying to be responsible. But that'll come in uh, that'll come in sixteen ounce cans when you're buying it, you know, out in the market, so So you said we're going to a stout next?
0: Yeah. No, that's what we're releasing next. Oh, that's what you're okay. Yes. I thought you were gonna make me drink a stout after drinking this. No, I was like, No, wait a minute, I'm not ready. <laughs> Let's go a little lighter. Right. This is so good, but um, it's almost too good, like I'm enjoying it too much. Like this was like a really, really good teaser into what lies before us. This was amazing. Let's do the fest beer. Yes. <laughs> you had a few words to say about Mr. Gabe. He's only what, 22? Yes. Oh my God. He's so, he has such a great presence about him and he's taken the job seriously. I like it.
1: Well, he's, he's great because he's got a very um, chill personality and, you know, he fits in with what, the, the culture that we're trying to build here, you know, we don't. People, people come in here. We never look down at you. We never feel like, oh, are you good enough for us? Are you good enough for the beers we're drinking or the beers that we're making? We, we want everyone to feel welcome here. And uh, and Gabe's personality, I'm, I'm like, saying good stuff about you, man. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and Gabe, and Gabe has a very chill personality and a very, but he's he's mature beyond his years. He actually took the initiative on us sponsoring a clean up the coast day. About two weeks ago, right? It was Shimada Park. So there was, I think, it was like a, it was almost like a statewide thing. There were a lot of efforts all around the state to clean up the coast. The one in Richmond, Gabe took the lead to connect with the organization that was doing it. We sponsored it. He showed up. He like galvanized the troops basically to uh, to get us out there, and I, we just thought that was fantastic because we've we've participated in a lot of different events around in and around the Richmond community, and that's been one of the. I was saying earlier how the tap room was kind of bigger than we thought and i don't necessarily mean bigger like the number of people coming i guess bigger just the the footprint that we have in the richmond community you know we we really feel like a part of it and doing things like this this uh this project that gabe initiated uh and others fundraisers that we do in the tap room stuff we we go out into the community for have been super important to us
2: as
0: always giving back well speaking of giving back what did you just give me gabe
2: Give you our delicious and exclusive Logger Series Fest beer.
0: I mean, it is it is the season. It is the season. Are you guys doing? Are you having any Oktoberfest events or anything going
1: on? No, we're we're not doing any events here in the tap room. Um, we're thinking of doing something next year. Um, but the big the big event that we had was just about a month and a half ago. We do a we do a what we call a summer classic, which is a which is a car show. Hold on, is there any stone fruit in this? it's interesting you get stone fruit from there yeah well oh yeah no for sure there's definitely yes it's there's there's fruity i would say it's probably more stone fruit than grapefruit but everyone's senses are differently different everyone perceives things differently one person might get stone fruit the other gets citrus but yes there's definitely a fruitiness to the beer.
0: I'm sorry, it just hit me so hard. I had to stop you and ask. But I you, I interrupted and I'm so sorry. Um, you were talking about the car show. Okay, I'm so sorry. A fucking car show? Hell
1: yeah. Yeah, that was that was actually the brainchild of Steven, our tapper manager who should be showing up pretty soon. You can meet him. As you saw when you came in, we have a giant parking lot out there, which is nice for people. They never have to worry about parking. But we thought, how can we leverage that, and how can we do something that's interesting, that's, that fits with our brand, classic, kind of p- something that people gravitate towards, that brings together a lot of different people. And we've done it three years in a row now. We do it the last Sunday in August, and this this year we had, man, maybe 70 classic cars out there. We had probably 800 people show up, and it's a really great cross-section of the community. Yeah, it was really it was really awesome. We have live music, got a couple of live bands playing, got a bunch of food trucks, um, but it's great because there's not any big agenda. It's just bring your classic cars and the people that are involved in that culture are like super passionate about their cars and they love looking at each other's and talking about them. And it was just a very relaxed, enjoyable afternoon. And uh, again, it sort of fits with what we're doing here. Just it hey, does. come get together, chill, enjoy. Enjoy a beer, enjoy some music. I love that you
0: are a purist. And nothing says purist like a classic car show and these incredible beers that you make that just return to the bare basics but then amplifies the enjoyment of the beer basics. You know, we don't need to fucking go out on a limb here. But the Oktoberfest is obviously seasonal, right? So this is... Uh, you know, this is something I'm only going to get here once
1: in a while, right? Okay. So you can find that. We, you know, we do one batch. So we have a system that makes 20 barrels of beer at a time, 40 kegs. And when we do our seasonal beers, we do one batch. So we make 40 kegs worth. We put some in cans. We put some in kegs. And we distribute it out in the market. So you can find it out in, you know, restaurants and bottle shops and stuff. And then, of course, we serve it in the taproom as well.
0: All right, well here we go, cheers. Wait, what are you
1: What are you drinking? Pills, pills all day.
0: Oh my God, I love it. I love it. Once again, nice job, perfect, not over the top. And
1: we're, we're big on clarity too, so you can kind of see right through the beer. That's really important to us. Who's your brewmaster? So my business partner, Chris, was the architect of the recipes, the original beers, And since we opened, we've come up with the series beers, and those are created uh, in conjunction with Paul Leszewski, who is our head brewer. So Paul and Chris collaborate together on the recipes and the brewing.
0: It's so that right kind of German malty. Like it's just it. You know, it was funny that I smelled fruit, but I didn't. I didn't taste fruit in it. But once again, like you said, just like the way people's senses are. But then, yeah, it's super. It's super refreshing. It's not too dark. It's not too much. Um, if I had to pay twelve bucks for this at like a real October festival, you know what I mean? I would pay it for sure. I feel like I got every fucking penny worth. Um, I know that you sell it for less than that in the tap room, of course. But I'm just saying. Like, I'm just thinking. Like, okay, if you were able to hook this up in anyone's tap room, and like, I don't know. Some party that's being thrown, like I would easily pay more money for something like this. It
1: tastes expensive. We're we're, we're very happy with it. It's a, again, it's a very straightforward beer. the The Fest beer is a little, you know, there's the Mar, there's Oktoberfest. There's kind of different sub styles, right? There's Marzen, and and this Fest beer is one of them. Fest beer, I think, is a little bit lighter. Um, it's not quite as malty. Like the, that fruit you get, I think, is is kind of an interplay between the hops and the and the grain. Um, but, yeah, we're really happy with it, and uh, it's it's fitting in with the kinds of things we're doing here.
0: For, like, maybe a half a second, it's just sweet in the aftertaste, too. I love it. I love it. Great job. So I'm going to fucking finish this one, too, Rob. <laughs> I talk about leadership a lot on the show, so this is definitely worth speaking a couple words on. If you care to share, you were talking about having high turnover, but maintaining a culture here or here at East Brother that is a little bit hands-off and respectful of people's backgrounds and respectful of people's integrity and respectful of people's creative process. You definitely got that from Sega, I assume, or have you always been like that kind of hands-off uh, lead from the rear kind of leader.
1: Well, I think everybody develops their own style over time, and you know, which is a collective result of the, all the time you've spent at different places in, in, in different kinds of organizations. And for sure, some organizations have different cultures and personalities and management styles. Both Chris and I, Chris more than me, I've learned a lot from him. Actually, he's had he's had his own business for a long time. I've been more in the corporate world, so I've I've learned a lot in terms of giving people their space like philosophically I definitely believe in that sometimes maybe I struggle with a little bit. You know. The, you have varying degrees of success with what you aspire to do. To be clear though, I, don't, I actually don't think we've had a lot of turnover. I'm, I was saying we have had some like any other company and I think it's, it's hard to keep people, especially in the Bay Area. And running a brewery is not something that you're gonna get rich doing, um, either as an owner or as a, uh, an employee. It's, you know The margins aren't high and it's a competitive business, but we try to make up for it by the fact that, number one, it's beer and it's fun and we enjoy it. We all enjoy talking about it and drinking it and making it and participating in our own way. But yeah, I mean, our philosophy is really let people do their jobs. And, and we, we try to do that as much as possible. And we feel like East Brother is a, is a concept that people can get their heads around and embrace, have that manifested in the way that they do their, their day-to-day jobs. And uh, yeah, pretty much everyone here is, is chill and respectful and it's just it's nice to see when we hope people enjoy their jobs and you know again there's like you're getting a little reward in return for maybe not having the highest salary (laughs) you know out there.
0: I have found in my career that when the emotional labor is low I don't mind taking a pay cut. I was literally thinking about it today. If the product is good and my boss is cool and I'm getting along with everybody and everyone's getting along with me I am willing to make $5 less an hour in some circumstances if I really want to have a job where I can be at peace every single day and and not have to take any bullshit home and know that I am, you know, on a team that cares and on a team that shares the same vision. Get it fucking done. Do it well. And we all go home at night. You know, I love that. I love that. I'm I'm glad that you have that here. I am so annoyed with work environments and this goes across all industries like these toxic work environments like it's just we don't need it but then I think it shows in your beer too you know what I mean like you do have some creativity here even though you're bring you're, you're keeping it basic you know what I mean so speaking of creativity this isn't really creative because this is like a really really this is some old school shit you have a
1: cask what do you have on cast? We've had it, I can't remember, actually remember when we got it. It wasn't when we first opened. It was a little afterwards. But we felt that it was something, a number of us really love English beer. Like in my case, yeah, um, I can tell. In, my, in my prior lives, I traveled to, to London um, on a fairly regular basis and just loved that whole, not only the beer, but like the culture and the fact that the, the pubs are welcoming to everyone, and there's dogs and kids and strollers and friends, and you know we've kind of tried to replicate that here in the tap room, being very open to, to everyb- everyone, and ev- anyone and everyone. Um, but yeah, the the beers themselves, English beers, are just there's something about those. I mean, England is kind of a mecca in terms of its importance in the um, the totality of the of the beer culture and world. So we thought, oh, it'd be, it would be really cool to do that. And it's taken us, honestly, it's taken us a while to to master it i think we're you know as as with anything you're always um you're always on a spectrum of trying to improve Uh, but the two beers that we do on Cask, we do the english pale and we do the oatmeal stout And english pale ends up being like you know one of those beautiful low alcohol low carb um english bitters the oatmeal stout is amazing it's and uh, to be totally honest it's kind of hit and miss sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't it's always good but sometimes it's like amazing and it turns into this like chocolate milk just luscious silky goodness that um and it's weird it's like totally different from the oatmeal stout as we package it normally when you put it on cask it just it transforms it so uh, it adds another you know something new and interesting new and different that still is within that realm of classic styles
0: so the english pale is that in right now yeah i want to try it And trust me, the cask was amazing. It was so creamy and so easy to drink. It was actually a great palate cleanser. I can't wait to go back and try more. All right, so you've noticed there's a bit of a change in the audio. Well, why is that? Because I unfortunately made probably the biggest mistake of my podcast career, as I was recording with Rob, I ended up having some sort of computer malfunction or some sort of recording malfunction that made the rest of the interview unusable. And trust me, I was absolutely heartbroken. I have never, ever in two seasons of doing this podcast had any sort of technical difficulties. I am one of those people, I'm a Virgo, I'm super prepared, I try to find every type of solution that I can, but some way, somehow, something happened into the with the compressor about um, 35 minutes into the interview that made the remaining 45 minutes that Rob and I talked Um, sound really muffled, and I did everything that I could to try to salvage the audio. I even sent the audio to a music producer that I know, just to have him look at it and have him use his more expensive editing software than i have to try to fix it and unfortunately the audio was just so corrupted that i wasn't able to use it so Beard talk radio family we lost a lot of great information a beautiful conversation i think my interview with rob was probably one of the best interviews i think i have done on this podcast not just in season two but total And it's probably the most embarrassing thing that I've ever experienced to kind of meet a hero, kind of, you know, someone that I wanted to meet, someone that I had been trying to meet for so many months. I finally get there. We're drinking amazing beer. We're having amazing conversation. And then the universe just decides, (laughs) the universe just decides to fuck it all up for me. Um, But I am not one to alleviate myself of responsibility. So I would like to make a a personal apology to you, Rob. I know you're listening to this audio right now. I love you guys so much. I love what you're doing. I love your branding. I love your history. I'm so sorry. There was so much that... you had to say about opening a business in the city of Richmond and how much support that you've got. We talked a lot about your cans. We talked a lot about the branding. I ended up tasting several more beers of yours. They were all delicious across the board. Rob, what you and Chris have done is truly amazing to be able to produce such pure, delicious, traditional beer that is really just a palate cleanser for me because I'm out here trying all these crazy kettle sours and all these flavored stouts. And you brought me back to why I fell in love with beer in the first place. The simplicity of your beers as well as the richness of your beers is unparalleled. And I have named you the official brewery of Beer Talk Radio Season 2. As a matter of fact, I'm not even going to interview any more breweries for the rest of the season because of the quality of your beer. Rob, I apologize. I do hope that you invite me back. I would love to speak with Chris um, to continue building a relationship with East Brother. And listeners, I don't want you to just take my word for it. In my personal attempt to try to salvage this episode, I wanted to give East Brother as much credibility as I possibly could in lieu of losing that 45 minutes of great audio. I have found a couple of other people that have very, very high opinions of East Brother. East Brother won the silver in the Great American Beer Festival for their Bow Pills and Hop Grenade, which is a tap room in Concord, which is not that far from Richmond in Northern California, um, ended up having a winner's kind of celebration night. And I went out to that celebration night. I ended up meeting a a gentleman who works for Pizza Port Brewing Company, which by the way is fucking amazing if you have not had some of the pizza port beers you are really missing out they're straight out of san diego they're really really at the top of their game very competitive brewery out right now very popular i found an employee from that company who thinks very highly of the bow pills i found a friend of chris's randomly at a completely different event who has some beautiful compliments for East Brother beer. And even my dad, Papa Eon, who when I went down to L.A., I brought him a can of the Bow Pills and he is now a fan. And I I can't wait until East Brother ends up in Los Angeles so everyone in L.A. can taste the beer as well. So without further ado, I am going to play you the opinions of some other people who feel just as strongly as I do about the liquid. So here we go. So you can give me a fake name, whatever. What is your name?
3: My name? The Pizza Man.
0: The Pizza Man working for Pizza Port. Do you live in San Diego or do you live here?
3: Um, I used to live in San Diego, now I live, live up north.
0: Well, welcome to the Bay Area, and um, I hope you're enjoying it here. How, how are you liking it?
3: I'm digging it big time. I, I love it up here.
0: And you are a sales rep for Pizza Port?
3: I, uh, I manage our distribution for Northern California.
0: Awesome, awesome. So what brought you out tonight is that your company won one of the GABF awards this year. You came out to support um, also the other, or at least to, um, to sample some of the other winners. So what do you think of the bow pills
3: the bow pills is quite tasty i think it's come a long way from when they first launched a couple of years ago um obviously the judges at GABF enjoyed it yeah. and uh i've had two sips of it and i thoroughly enjoyed it as well not too hoppy it seems appropriate for the style
0: awesome thank you for your time
3: yeah you got it
0: so I met a real live British man here at the event, and he happens to be friends with a brewery that I now, which would sponsor me because they're so good, East Brother Beer Co. You are friends with the uh, the master brewer and his wife, and you were telling me about what you think of their beer and what you think of their packaging.
3: I think their beers are great, especially their Pilsner and uh, and they're stout but I'm just here at this little uh, get together in Oakland and I see Sierra Nevada when I'm back in the UK I see Sierra Nevada everywhere at at the train stations in Reading in London it's everywhere it's big and I think East Brothers will be the next big thing because the packaging is great and it tastes awesome
0: I 100% agree and if there's anything that Beer Talk Radio can do to make that a reality, they have stolen my heart until I can find another brewery that can masterfully create beers the way that East Brother can. Um, How often do you travel between the United States and the UK? Uh, About twice a year. Awesome, awesome. So what do you think of the California craft beer scene?
3: it's taken me a while because i'm not a beardy type of guy i like my pilsner, and i'm not used to the alcoholic strength of this stuff so it kind of floors me i'm getting too old to drink this this level of alcohol but I, i'm coping and i'm getting used to it
0: um may i ask if it's not too personal how how did you meet the head brewmaster of east brother
3: He met his wife at work and his wife was my friend and the rest is history.
0: How long have you known them both? I've
3: known her 20 years, I've known him 10. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm so
0: glad that I bumped into you today and I'm so glad we talked about this. Cheers! Cheers! (laughs) East brother rocks! I wish they were here today participating in the competition. They're not, but I mean... They would win. They would win! Based on what I've
2: had today, yeah, they would definitely win. Hi, Rob. My name is Dustin Forkepper. I'm the executive chef of Ladies Who Lunch Catering Company in San Francisco, California. Um, I first discovered your beer at the Point San Pablo Harbor, where I fish very frequently. We had a kayak tournament and which... Afterwards, we were at the clubhouse, and I tried a few of your beers, and I really enjoyed the product. Uh, The area of Point Milady, which is right by your brewery, is an amazing place where I like to spend a lot of my time. Uh, It's like the last wild part of Richmond, a place where you can go enjoy nature. And the fact that your beers are at the harbor, I think is really cool. So thank you, Rob. Papa Ian here i would like to congratulate East Brother Beer on their awards because I love a good pilsner.
0: Hey, and that concludes this episode of Beer Talk Radio with East Brother Beer Company. Make sure you go visit their website at www.eastbrotherbeer.com. Check them out on Twitter. They are at East Brother Beer. On Facebook, same thing, at East Brother Beer. And you can also find them on Instagram at East Brother Beer. You guessed it. Now listen, guys, just because I messed up this episode does not mean that this is the last you're going to hear from East Brother Beer. They are officially my brewery of season two. I plan on doing quite a bit more with their products. Um, I'm going to do more beer reviews. You're going to see some chug videos, some cooking videos, some beer pairing videos, and anything else I can do to let the world know how great this company is and that concludes this week's episode of beer Talk Radio if you enjoyed this episode please comment and rate on iTunes and that will help other people find the podcast if you are interested in receiving one of my street team swag bags please visit my website www.beertalkradio.net enter your rapid fire questions and your name into the subscribe area and I will send you one If you're interested in being on the show, I'd be happy to put a clip of your voice and your commentary in the following episode by leaving a voicemail. The link to the voicemail is in the show notes. And if you have any questions for me or past guests, I'd be happy to get those answered for you. Send me an email at Jenny at net. Thanks for drinking with me and have a good one.